1: another episode of the Business Elevation Show. And uh, delighted to be with you again. Uh, we're now um, well over now seven years since we've been airing on the Voice America Network. And uh, it's just an incredible journey, which just goes goes on and on and on. And today, I think today is, I think, about the 304th uh, unique episode. So lots of episodes in the archive. And it's the first time we've actually spoken about lean enterprises. And I've heard so often as a, as a consultant and a coach and... Uh, a a speaker, you know, I hear and uh, occasionally talk about lean and talk about developing agile businesses, yet I've never actually had anybody on the show who's a real expert at it. So I'm really looking forward to introducing to you shortly, Passard. Uh, Before I do that, though, I'd like to say a big thank you, as I always do, to my guests last week. Um, I introduced uh, and interviewed a lady called Emma Hallam, a a lovely lady who has an incredible personal story from Uh, being a um, a successful marketeer, uh, uh, to um, having a son who has uh, Duchenne, was diagnosed at the age of three, uh, which is a terrible sort of muscular dystrophy uh, illness and and results in uh, many thousands and thousands of boys, in particular, uh, dying by the time they reach their kind of early to mid-20s. Um, So Emma has a son, and what she did about it, her and her husband, is they set up a charity called Alex's Wish, a hugely engaging um, organization. It's it's basically generated a huge amount of funding uh, to help research this condition. And having met Emma, having met Alex, I wanted to have her on the show, and I wanted to talk with her, uh, not just about Alex's Wish and the great work they're doing there, but about charity in general, how organizations can really... Engage and unite their people by getting them involved in doing, um, you know, amazing adventures and feats, or um, different different ways, really, to um, come together, work together, to raise funds for something good, and uh, and the outputs that can result from that. So, uh, if you're interested in that, so there was also some great tips if you're interested in fundraising as well on that show. So, do go back into the archive. Now, lean enterprises, uh, lean enterprises organize their human activities to deliver greater benefits to society and uh, value to individuals, but also uh, in the definition I think I picked up from Wikipedia, uh, while eliminating waste. And uh, there's a question here, and you know, if you're in an organization right now, maybe you're you know, a leader, a big organization, it could be a small organization, but I want you to answer this question now. Is your business really lean and agile? Now, be honest, is it really lean and agile? Or are you just, you know, paying lip service to that? Are you really sure? So this, during this interview, we're, I'm going to talk to Pasad Prabakaran, who has hands-on experience of uh, doing lots and lots of work um, around this area. He's also um, experienced in building digital AI, blockchain products and platforms in very sort of resort-oriented IT transformation projects. He's a trusted partner and a coach to CIOs of large enterprises. He's led large distributed IT delivery teams across the USA, uh, the UK, India, and China. He currently works with a, a great consultancy, um, uh, Holly Holland, uh, in London. Um, and he's associated with many international conferences as well. He's uh, been a speaker and program organizer um, around the world. And he was honored with Agile Leader of the Year Award in 2016. So, Let's talk now to somebody who's got lots of experience with lean and has, has practically helped transform organizations into lean and agile enterprises. So a big welcome today to Passard. Hi, Chris. Thank you. Hi. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Okay, so, thank, Thanks very much for joining the show. And uh, as I always do, Passard, when I interview people on the show, I like to find out a little bit about them. Uh, and. Uh, Uh, you know, find out a bit about their sort of background and their childhood. And I'm really sort of intrigued. I know you were brought up in in India and you now live in the UK. And so I'm really intrigued. And what was life like growing up for you in India? And uh, what ultimately brought you over to the UK?
2: Yeah, I've I've born and brought up in uh, India, the southern southern part of India. Uh, So India being, you know, uh, being a big country, uh, each state is uh, quite unique by itself. So I come from the southern part of India. Uh, where still many of my family members and our roots are there in a, a state called Kerala. But most of okay. my my time uh, I spend in Bangalore. Bangalore is the, the Silicon Valley of India, where you see a lot of startups and a lot of IT companies and technology companies have set up. So I've studied uh, pretty much in Bangalore and uh, I had an opportunity to study in one of those uh, premier institutes in India called Indian Institute of Management. So I'm I'm from, um, I'm an alumnus of Indian Institute of Management, Bangalore. So after, after completing my uh, MBA uh, from Indian Institute of Management, uh, I started my career early with um, Microsoft. Uh, so the, the first 10 years, if I look into my career, uh, the the first phase I can divide into three phase the phase one is pretty much on software development product development and product management and the second phase of my career is in more of uh, in the space of consulting and, and and working with large enterprises and corporations to understand how can we make them effective and be efficient and the third phase is a very interesting phase where uh, i was i was trying contemplating on what next so that's where the passion for startups came and they started uh, interacting with a uh, lot of good friends in, in specific uh, digital consulting space as well as space where in which uh, incubating startups and stuff like that. That's how we ended up in having conversations with Holly Holland, where it is a digital solution company, where incubating early stage startups and then helping large enterprises in the same way. So doing a lot of walk the talk around Lean and Agile so that's how I ended up in UK.
1: Excellent, and, and you know your life in when you first started in Kerala was uh, you know were, were your, were your family into IT. I mean, what, what was the
2: oh, background? Uh, so uh, I think you know we're from a, a middle class family. My go- my father was a government servant. Uh, he used to be transferred across the states. Uh, so I, I had an opportunity to visit many states in India, which uh, probably people don't get. Uh, so that's uh, that's where um, my early days. Uh, moved around with with my family, where my father was a government servant. So wherever, uh, normally in India, once in every three years, the government servants are transferred. Uh, so so we we have gone along with him, and uh, got a bit lot of uh, interesting diversity experience around India.
1: Well, I, so. I, I do, you know, I, I believe you know people, particularly in you know sort of Western countries, they get really got the wrong interpretation of countries like India, and it's full of a you know, super super bright hard-working talent and I just wonder do you think do you think that uh, you know, in the Western world we sometimes you know misjudge uh, countries like India and kind of label them as developing and you know they'll never kind of catch up and that sort of thing do you
2: think we've got the you know the wrong view yeah it's it's again perceptions uh, a lot of perceptions uh, and 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 to to and I want I want to leave with three things uh, which probably uh, some of you might have not heard about or not known about it. Uh, so as as everyone knows, um, India is a superpower for talent. So there are 78 million engineers with STEM uh, kind of uh, uh, skill background. So that's one of those uh, uh, specific things which uh, which powers and supply a lot of uh, talent, specifically in the area of IT uh, innovation in the space of digital. Uh, so that's that's one of those uh, things which uh, probably people um, underestimate uh, the power of uh, you know 78 million engineers which is you know maybe the um, population which is more than some of the uh, European states uh, so and another important thing which uh, I'm quite keen which I'm really observing the space is on the, the 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 mobility the 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 way the mobile as a technology have uh, taken up uh, in in this country and specifically in India and most of the developing countries not only in India most of the like China Taiwan Indonesia so all these countries the way I'm, I'm, I was studying this, this space a little bit to understand what is that so it means uh, you know so, so it's quite a, a, you know interesting statistics there are around 60, 6, 6, 650 million mobile users in India alone 650 mobile million users so the way you can reach out to your customers your channel to your customers is very powerful and, and more than 500 million internet users. I was so surprised. Uh, so it is it's growing as you speak. So that it creates in a new kind of a digital ecosystem where you can reach out to these, this many people, six, six, 650 million people. And out of that, 300, 300 million users, smartphones. So the way uh, the mobility and the generation of digital, which will create a huge impact in the society, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm quite excited about this.
1: Mm. I, I just think some of the countries I've visited i've sometimes what I've seen is uh, you know a real hunger to kind of work hard and to you know mm. to 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 move things forward. I remember seeing that in Poland uh, once upon a time and just seeing how mm. you know early people were up in the morning, you know how hard they were working right till the end of uh, close of play at daytime and I was looking reading a a great book called Factfulness uh, recently and I remember there was, there was an example in there as as I think uh, the guy wrote it was um was a med- had been a medic, and he went to a university in India and was thinking that uh, you know they were you know they were going to be behind his thinking and then got into a lecture and suddenly realized they were well ahead, and their textbook was twice as uh, thick, and they'd all read it three times, which was as the one he'd he'd been reading in sweden and uh, and it was a real wake-up um, that there's this you know, energy and that is really. Yeah. moving things forward in these in these countries and you moved to the you moved from india how did the family get on three years ago when you moved to, to london
2: it's uh, it's it's quite exciting you know the, uh, the family is uh the source of our inspiration my inspiration specifically uh, my wife and a uh, daughter uh, so they have moved in and and the daughter gone, uh, gone really well with uh, her schools here and she's got a good set of friends uh, and from our perspective again uh, we didn't miss our friends we got a lot of good friends in the uk uh, so we didn't really miss uh, the friend, fr- friends and of course we get a lot of good food in the UK now, uh, a lot of Indian food and Indian joints and curries are quite popular here. So we no. never miss our food <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and no complaints on weather this time. It was fantastic weather we had. So uh, the food, uh, friends and weather it creates a huge part uh, in uh, in the way we live and the quality of our life and one important thing which is um, uh, which i could see i can reflect on is the family um, the work life balance uh, which i am able to spend more quality time with family and spend um, uh, and listen to the stories from my daughter and uh, it, it's it's quite fantastic and uh, back in india i used to travel very regularly so uh, my job was uh, highly travel uh, uh, oriented so here I'm. I'm quite, uh, excited and uh, and uh, having great time with the family.
1: Excellent. You're, you're, when you, your daughter will never look back and, uh, and thank you for being away from home and travelling, she? Uh, so it's, yeah, it's great. It's important, isn't it? Um. Now you're you're working with Holly Holland and uh, just just tell us a little bit just a little bit about Holly Holland because you've also got
2: a know um Hug Hub. Um, we had a
1: 2013. I think I, I interviewed the guy who's
2: now. He's leading that for you, He's Jonathan. He's the CEO. Bates. He's the Jonathan is the CEO for Hug now. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Uh, so, great, so go. you know, it's, it's very, great, very, great. very, very unique. Um, uh, you know, Holly Holland is a digital solution company. Uh, uh, that's how we want to position ourselves. The, the, you know, uh, one, A, there are two things which we do. One, A, uh, which helps large enterprises and organization understand how digital transformation, as well as they can, drive agility in their journey. So that's the fundamental key part of it. And uh, having, uh, having a, a boutique consulting around that, uh, we are doing some walk the talk. That's where we have... Uh, our, our digital platform, like Hug Hub, so Hug Hub is our uh, insurance digital platform, which uh, brings a single customer view across multiple insurance policy admins. So we have touched one of the complex industry to really, uh, how can a digital platform transform that industry and bring a customer centricity and help organisations to become more lean and agile. So it's it's um it's not just about theory and consulting and talking. It's about the practical insights on how we build a startup organization and and help that platform in transforming a, a large enterprise in getting their agile and digital journey right. Excellent. So
1: so let's that leads us on uh, nicely really to to just talk about lean and um, before we go into the commercial break, you know how how do you define it and. Uh, and, and and what are the consequences for companies that don't adopt it?
2: Yeah. So, so fundamentally, lean um, lean is focused around customers. Yeah? So the customers is in the center. The customers or the client in the center, and looking at uh, what what is the value which we are providing to customer. So, so the basic fundamental principle of lean thinking is around customer centricity and value delivery. There are two things. Um, so simple as that. You know, it may be oversimplified, but every organization exists because they have business and they, they are in business because they are doing some value. They are delivering some value to someone and their customers. So the lean bring back that focus on how do you understand your customer well and how do you understand your customer needs and problems and how you ensure that you are delivering value to your customer. So that's a fundamental aspect of lean thinking, right? Of course, in organizations uh, which which have which have been uh, you know a little behind in understanding the customers. You know, it's it's quite visible in front office today. Now, if if you look at the top ten companies in 2006, and uh, who are the top ten companies uh, in this whole world who's generating value, you, you could see, you know, the the facebooks and the apples and and the googles and and amazons. They have come, uh, you know, a long way and taking out the bunch of banks and um, uh, energy companies who used to be treated as the top companies in the world, you know, just in the form of revenue. So now. You know, not only these um, the new age companies generate revenue, but uh, they are lean, agile organizations which generate a lot of value to the society too. So, so just, yeah, so just then this you also can see. just also involved
1: in uh, taking cost out of the company to be to be lean. I'm just thinking it sounds like you you know if if you're lean, maybe you've taken some fat out of the processes too.
2: Yes, of course, you know that that's also uh, you know when you're focusing on your value delivery, that's where you only do what is adding value to your customers. You know you don't do anything which is not adding value to your customers. So that's 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 your waste, or you can call it as your weight, uh, whatever the uh, in a flab which you you don't don't add value to your customers. Uh, why should you do that? I, either there should be a way to eliminate it or there should be a a way to uh, you know recognize that at least to start with. The organisations who are doing that uh, effectively, understanding their customers and and looking at this value, they are the ones who are really doing well. Ah, yeah,
1: it makes makes um, makes a huge amount of sense. And uh, I mean, I, I can imagine some staff sort of seeing this as being a cost-cutting exercise uh, mm-hmm. if they misinterpret it. But actually, no. you, you know, by focusing it on the customer and yeah. making sure you're delivering the most value to your customer, then um, so I can you know, really get why, uh, that would involve, uh, taking out some elements of a business that are not adding value, uh, yep. or even get, even getting in the way. Yep. So we're going to get, we're going to get to commercial break now. And, uh, after the commercial break, we'll, we'll have a look at, um, some of the key principles that really sit behind it. And, uh, you know, why, is it, why is it such a good idea, you know, right now? And, uh, you know who who do you get involved in your business if you're going through a lean uh, type of program? Those sorts of questions. So uh, if those things um, are of value to you, you're uh, in business and you're uh, you, know, you run an organisation or a function or um, you know, have a responsibility that involves adding value to a customer, or you're a consultant, uh, do make sure you join us again after the break.
0: Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper.
1: Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with um, Basad Babakaran. And we're discussing um, lean. And before the break, we established that lean is very much about Customer centricity, and it's about value delivery. And uh, I'm just sort of interested, therefore, uh, if we could have a conversation now about you know some of, some of the key principles that sit behind lean. I mean, interesting. Where did it actually come from as a concept in the first place?
2: Yeah, so you uh, no, this is um, you know fundamentally it comes from the the Toyota production system. Uh, um, so that's where that's where the base of uh, the whole lean kind of thinking started from there. Uh, helping looking at how can they uh, you know improve the way in which uh, you manufacture uh, your cars uh, and uh, automobiles so that you make something which is usable for your clients and customers so that's where it started with and and it has uh, got a lot of momentum specifically when uh, the whole agile movement started in um, you know, a way back in 2001 when and and a bunch of programmers uh, it programmers who came up and uh, you know wrote something called as agile manifesto uh, that is to to look at how can you b- build better software so that was completely inspiring from this lean philosophy so after that, when the software started becoming more and more prime, um, you know, fundamental elements of most of the large enterprises, so the lean started coming back very hard. Uh, and that's a reality uh, when, because a software can be built in much faster and agile form. Why can't we look at the organizational structures, organizational design, the way organizations understand and treat the plus customers, the how you know how do we look at the different departments which is coming in the way to generating and adding value? So that's where the lean has uh, come, not just as <clears throat> you know something just to copy from what is what happened in the Toyota production system. It's more about contextualized uh, to a large enterprises. Who's delivering a product or a service to a particular customer? So, so that's where uh, the lean has, uh, has got a a you know, big comeback uh, through uh, the threads of uh, agile manifesto to the large enterprises.
1: I see. Okay. So, so it, it came from this this you know this very sort of lean manufacturing processes of Toyota. Yes. And yeah. it's uh, and you know, linking in with uh, the this the, uh, mo- movement towards sort of agile through um, the world of IT. Um, yes, it's yes, become yes. a kind of discipline in itself and so be- behind it are there some key yep. sort of sure. principles that we need to understand
2: yeah so so you know it's it's quite simple to to look at from a large um, uh, you know a big picture view of uh, the lean principles uh, is it, it fundamentally it is lying around the value so your value is your your top of your uh, key principle of understanding value. It is the most difficult thing, basically. If, some, if you go and ask a particular department or, or, an, or an organization today and ask them, hey, what is the value which you generate to your customer or who, who is your customer? I'm, I'm, I'm sure most of us understand who is our customers. And if you don't understand, then we are in big trouble. Uh, but definitely, we need to understand what is the value which generating. So that's f- the first part of uh, the principle of the lean, understanding the value. And the second part is is the is the critical element is on the respect for people because the lean is uh, you know more people oriented. You know, it's all about such treating people as people, right? Don't, not to treat people as machines, because most of the uh, orientation of management principles come from hey, you're, the workers don't know anything. They need to be instructed and they need to be controlled. And that's where the command and control kind of uh, constructs in management exist because of the way uh, it's been influencing the treating people as uh, workers. But lean goes an extreme other side. You need to. give autonomy to people. We need to give ability to people to get their mastery. We should help people with purpose. So the respect for people is a fundamental uh, one of the core principle of the lean. So you, you know your value and to the, the key to deliver value is your people. So respect for people is a, one of the key pillars of lean. And and that's where many organizations struggle today, because you know in most of the organizations still uh, there are a lot of dynamics on you know who is the managers versus leaders. You know, so we, in the lean we need a lot of leaders. You know, we we definitely definitely we need managers, but we need more of uh, facilitators, influencers. We need uh, servant leaders, and and uh, and and it's quite keen. Uh, you know, in that particular, if you look at the successful organization, if you take Google, uh, and and they did the uh, research recently. They're trying to look at uh, the, the way the successful teams in the uh, in, in Google how how they perform. So it's quite evident the happier teams uh, produced 60% more value than unhappy teams. So so it's it's quite evident. And uh, you know the, the, the aspects which always I uh, you know when we when we talk about how do we influence people, we don't need to do anything differently. One is we don't trouble them, uh, we don't overload them, we don't make them wait. You know, don't impose uh, you know your wishful thinking to them, or or um, uh, you know give them space. Uh, so respect for people is one of the key pillars of the lean, and the next uh, the key pillar of the lean is on continuous improvement. It, that's that's fun. That's a fundamental philosophy on, in which the whole um, uh, you know kaizen. Kaizen is the the word which normally they use in Japan for continuous improvement. So continuous improvement is something which is on you always do retrospections and reflections frequently and continuously. So make baby steps instead of trying to do a big transformation. You you tend to understand what are the next two, three steps which we can do and what it takes to make those two, three steps and move from there. So continuous improvement is the next key element and and, and principle uh, of lean. And third uh, is uh, more about the flow you know the flow is where uh, you you understand an economic view of what you do uh, if if you are changing something suppose you are bringing a change into uh, your customers hand or you you making a change uh, into whatever the, the marketing strategy you have anything which you are changing understanding an economic value behind it is is a, is a more key so that is where uh, what is what is the value which they ch- this change is going to bring? So flow is all about uh, getting an economic view uh, and and looking at uh, what are the different steps which you do uh, when by the time you understand what a customer need and what it gets into their hand. So if if you want to summarize, understand understand the value, respect for people, continuous improvement, and and knowing your flow better. So these are the fundamental principle of of lean. Uh, and And, of course, you need to have a found foundation of leadership. So strong leadership who are servant leaders, who respect in people, uh, help to understand the flow and, and continuous improvement, which leads into the value. So that's that's uh, that's that's how uh, a lean's fundamental principle comes into the picture.
1: Excellent. that's, that's really, really insightful actually. and I'm, I'm personally writing notes, there uh, because I didn't realize, you know and and how very closely that links into my own work with um, developing leadership and you know building respect and building engagement amongst people uh, which is uh, really resonate with that you know happier teams 60 percent more value than unhappy teams and you know uh, an engaged employee 43 percent more um 43 so percent more revenue than a, a disengaged um revenue generating person those sorts of things really really speak to me so i can see how that all fits in with the lean concept yeah. Um, uh, although in my, my world flow is a little bit about putting people into their flow in terms of you know putting them in the right roles and places so that they are you know energized and uh, doing things they like to do and they're and very capable of doing as opposed to putting them into places where it's hard and they've got to put a lot of energy in because it doesn't come naturally to them um, so excellent so that, that's really great and um, you know why it just seems to make so much sense this uh, principle that we already mentioned there about google and uh, and those kind of companies who have really, and Amazon, who are putting people uh, who have generated a lot of revenue in the past into a, a less probably satisfactory space for them. Um, but why is it such a good idea right now at this this sort of turn in the in the um, in the you know calendar in the twenty first century?
2: Yep, I think I think we are in a great um, uh, in a situation at this point in time because of the digital disruptions, the digital channels we have. And, and the global outlook, uh, which most of the organizations, the reachability uh, of digital channels uh, is, is one of the key uh, reason why in which you see there are different business models uh, you know, coming up especially in, in in UK I could see in London specifically in the, in the area of financial services we do have plenty of great startups coming into picture so those are the startups which are trying to look at new business models and that is purely possible because of the digital uh, you know disruptions in the, in the space of data in the space of AI in the, in the space of mobility and the mobile technologies and those are trying to do a lot of experiments. Uh, which is um, which is looking at creating opportunities and making lives of customers much more easy. So that's that's an that's an emerging. It's quite uh, uh, you know visible to everyone. Nobody can ignore uh, the the digital disruption which is happening around. So in that particular context, if you are a medium to larger size of enterprise, it's an it's an important element. How how do you respond to these uh, disruptions and changes? You know, with having a fat uh, you know heavy hierarchical bureaucrat- bureaucratic oriented organizational structure uh, with um, dysfunctional teams uh, with uh, with uh, uh, a flow which has got a lot of handoffs and a lot of waste generated. You can't, it's difficult for us to experiment in that particular context. So now the way you can really understand your customer today and reach out to your customer and provide a value is you you have to create a lot of experiments and hypothesis uh, through which you reach out to your customer and try validate uh, is the is the right problem to solve. For that, you need speed, uh, you need agility and this this is quite important at this point in time if you we don't respond to these changes you know that's that it's it's in a quite um, uh, you know apparent to everyone uh, the way uh, the value generated by the big uh, you know organizations in in maybe 10 years back uh, it's getting eroded very quickly. And if you don't respond to those uh, uh, changes by doing two things, you know, by renewing what you do today so that you are reconnecting to your customer, you are reaching out to your customer fast, you understand where are your bottlenecks, what is not adding value to your current um, ecosystem. And that is um, uh, one, renewing what you do today. And also you need to do new things and to do new things for example uh, you know we whenever we talk, whenever we interact with our hub hub platform with some of our um, large insurance company uh, to to launch a new insurance product into market uh, it takes 6 to 8 months uh, so that is a huge cycle time and you take that much time because you do have a lot of complexity in your in existing organization which is which is not a lean at all uh, so some of those um, uh, you know uh, opportunity which an organization is going to lose uh, in this time is much higher and, and you could you could see a lot of examples in front of us, the Airbnbs and Uber, they have yeah. come and, and they square waved uh, the way people think about um, certain business models. So it's important for an organization at this point in time, it's a great golden opportunity because uh, if you take a big bank today, a bank uh, has got a h- huge set of customers. So they, they do have a big win over a startup who's struggling to get a customer. So you have a customer, it's easy to lose a customer. But being with that leverage point, an enterprise today uh, need to become more and more uh, responsive and create new things and renew what they do so that they do start giving more value to the customer. So that's where it becomes very critical at this point in time.
1: I guess you know, an interesting example there with the banks. So, you know, in my mind, I was straight. You mentioned Airbnb there. And my mind was straight going to you know, organizations who are, are really disrupted by digital business, because they may have a uh, you know, huge amount of assets, you know, retail stores or, or, uh, or hotels, and yeah. uh, they, they suddenly find themselves a, a very tried and tested model, and something then comes in and completely disrupts. I guess with the bank, you've got a, a mixture of that. You've got, uh, you've got uh, lots, lots of locations, but you've also got probably lots of digital products as well. Yeah. Um, so, but maybe maybe that helps soften the blow, does it?
2: Yes. Uh, you know you could see that a lot of challenger banks because you know, I, I know most of us uh, in the UK, uh, you know, we, we, we come across a, a mobile only bank called Monzo. Uh, so it, it, it is uh, revolutionizing the way a customer, uh, because you have your bank in your hand. And a bank is talking to you every day, uh, and and you have an opportunity to, you know, be in that context. So, uh, but with um, a bigger banks, um, if if they have to respond to these disruptions, uh, they need to be lean. Uh, otherwise, they can't run, uh, you know, hypothesis because it's all purely based on a hypothesis and how quickly you validate those hypotheses. So. That that's where um, uh, you know it's important uh, for for the organizations, especially the the large ones, um, uh, need to really relook at the way uh, they want to understand uh, their customers, provide the customer value. Also, it's important to uh, look at you know, the way they uh, organize their people, mm. right? Because most of the bank banks thinks, oh, I outsource my problem, you know, right? I outsource this, uh, uh, you know, to someone and that takes away the problem from me. But uh, it's its creating more problem to you now.
1: Yes, yes, and, and it seems to me that you, you're talking about some huge strategic decisions there. But with but lean, it it appears to me that it's not just a a concept that you know the senior people in a in a room have these strategic decisions. It's something that can um, have an impact at all sorts of levels in the organisation. So. You know, just two. We've got about three minutes left now. But who to the commercial break. But who needs to get involved at a, in an organization to to practice and put into practice
2: these principles? Yeah. Uh, so it's important. Uh, there need to be a realization from the grounds. So if you take any 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 organization or any in, enterprise, uh, you know they have uh, you know four four kind of um, uh, you know, challenges and opportunities every day almost. There are certain set of work uh, which is um, uh, which is more about instruction led. You know, you do this and then you do that. I can write it. I can write it in a piece of paper and I can give it to someone and say, "Hey, do these ten steps that you reach at the side." So those those are. Th- quite uh, i can automate i can automate those things uh, anything which is predictable anything which is prescriptive i can definitely automate so we don't want people spending time in doing that in that particular quadrant so the fundamentally the the the, 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 the what what i'm trying to say is the people on the ground are the first who need to understand which is which are the ones which require more cognitive Versus, uh, I'm doing a mechanical stuff, right? So, so anything which is, which is doing a lot of mechanical stuff, that is a straightaway candidate for, uh, you know, you you can eliminate that by bringing a lot of automation into picture. Right, and anything which is um, which is a little more cognitive, which I need to think, kind, right? which I need to rationally look into, especially decisions which I need to take. So that those are the those are the elements um, where you you create a space for the for the team. So if you are a leader uh, or or a manager for a team, um, it's important to to ensure that your team understands What is the value uh, of of, of this particular uh, 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 shared understanding about that? So it's important to start uh, the people on the ground first, uh, and uh, equally, there need to be a buy-in from the top. So the people who need to involve in in, in a particular, uh, any lean change, the first is having a shared understanding of your context and of your system. You You can call it as a value stream. You know, it's a better you know for for a better choice of word. If you say take value stream as the word, where you you are looking at serving something to the customer. For example, you take you know, I'm into retail banking. Um, a customer comes and he he want a service. Till the service is done, is your value stream. And there are so many stakeholders involved in particular value streams. So the first and most important thing to start with is understand your value stream, having a shared understanding of the value stream of the team. So that's a starting point, um, uh, according to me. So all those stakeholders who are involved in the value stream need to be involved first.
1: Got you. Yeah, excellent. Well, we're going to get go a commercial break. Uh, after the break, let's have a look about uh, at things like um, you know, what are the what are the factors for success and. What are some of the experiences that Basada's had where uh, this lean thinking put into practice has had a a huge uh, impact on an organization? Uh, And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the the journey of it, too. So we're going to be back again with you in just a couple of minutes. So do join us again. Sure. Mm -hmm.
0: You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper.
1: Hi, this is Chris Cooper. We're talking about Lean Enterprises with uh, Prasad Prabhakaran. And um, we were talking before the break about, um, about you know, who needs to get involved and, and some of the key principles behind it and where you kind of start the journey. So I'm, I'm kind of uh, intrigued. Maybe what we should do at Prasad is we should have a, a conversation now about what the journey actually looks like. So I think that links in nicely. Mm. So you know, maybe, maybe help us understand what the journey looks like for somebody who's getting involved in, in Lean. Because this doesn't sound to me, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that it's, uh, you know, oh, we're going to do Lean this year. It sounds like this is nice. something that is, uh, you know, ongoing. Uh, and absolutely, absolutely
2: said it. so I think you know uh, I think from most of the uh, large enterprises, I think it's time to take out the T word, the transformation word uh, so it's it's important really because you know that scare people uh, and saying that transformation is something which is done like a project or a program, but lean is not that lean is uh, you know again, as I said in the beginning, you know one of the key pillars of the lean is continuous improvement you you start where you are today and then try to look at small baby steps on how do we improve and and, and then uh, uh, you bring all the elements of respect for people understanding a flow well Understanding your customer and value well, right? So, so I think um, um, from my experience, and I had opportunity to uh, interact and help um, uh, organizations and bring the startup culture in uh, some of the large enterprises to, to bring and deliver value. Uh, so, so the first and foremost uh, thing, is, uh, for example, you you are uh, you are head of a business uh, who is doing um, commercial banking. I'm just taking some banking example. You're head of commercial banking or investment bank or or you're head of uh, retail channel uh, of of a of a retail enterprise. So wherever you you are, the first and foremost important thing is finding the value stream, and and it may look sound uh, easy, but uh, according to me, that's the most difficult thing to find in an organization because uh, in in most of the today's setup in organization, the it is it is uh, uh, the, the departments have. Become quite quite siloed ones. So so it's very difficult to understand how do you how do you dot and join uh, where where is the value generating and how the value is disseminated and who it reaches. Uh, the value. So there, you may see the multiple handoffs. You may see multiple um, uh, stakeholders involved in it. People are waiting for something. But, you know, uh, most of the most of the big enterprises, the large enterprises, uh, you know, the, you know, the myth of efficiency uh, has created siloed departments. You now you do have, for example, if you take a bank, you may have. Product management as a separate department. You have sales as a separate department. You have uh, business operations as a separate department. You got IT as a separate department. You got IT support as a separate department. You know it goes on, goes on, and goes on. So there are multiple handoffs before somebody wants a change to be made onto something, till a customer gets it. It has it has to go through multiple, um, uh, you know, handoffs. So that that is that is the the first part is how do you how do you Plot your value stream. Uh, so once you are able to do that, I think you are half done. Uh, and that you know how typically organizations do is either they uh, you know pull all the uh, teams together and do a workshop and try to do something called as a value stream mapping. So value stream mapping is a tool through which you can uh, you know understand your value stream so that you can bring people around, understand what are the different phases through which you do some activities, what are the steps you involve, what are the Stakeholders, you're going to get there. So that, that's 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 the first key activities. Once you understand your value stream uh, mapping, uh, one, do that. Then then you have to do a retrospection. So that's a, that's an important element you do. Hey, I want to I want to take this. Um, uh, I want to do this experiment. I want to validate this hypothesis. I want to reduce my release time or lead time by fifty percent. If that is my vision, what is stopping us today? Uh, you know, that's a retrospection. Why do I don't release frequently? For example, today, Amazon releases, you know, multiple times in a day, hundreds and thousands times they do release into production a day. Do you think a bank can do that or, or, or a big retail company can? They're finding a difficulty in doing it. You know, it's because of uh, the pain they have in doing release. If something is painful, I don't do it often. I do once in a while because it's quite painful to manage my release process. So same way. Uh, understand the pain and doing a retrospection on what is stopping us and and typically some of the lean techniques could be used the lean tools like five why's you know what is stopping us in doing this and ask 5 why and you may get a certain set of hypotheses. now that's a word i want to use so those five why's will take into hey because i do i do this or i don't do this that's why this pain exists there is a handover this department don't talk to that department. We don't have a collaboration tool. We don't have a proper communication tool. That all may lead into that break of your value delivery. So the second important thing is understanding the minimum viable uh, experiments. Trying to identify, you uh, know, better call it as a hypothesis or bets. What is your bet? What is the hypothesis? and then i identify what are the experiments i need to do for this hypothesis so experiments are the uh, you know very um, you know great t- term which you could use if if it doesn't work that's fine it's just an experiment and let's move on from there right so <clears throat> that's an that's a next key step understand uh, your uh, pain areas in your value stream. It could be related to people. It could be related to process. It could be related to tools. It could be, you know, it could be related to your strategy. It could be related to your roadmap. It could be anything, uh, which is uh, which is not adding value in your value stream. Look at that and try to remove that particular pain. That's where um, you know that bets and hypothesis and experiment come into picture, and and for do that experiment, you have to involve. Your existing teams—that's an important thing. So people have a wrong concept. You know, when when you are doing a big transformation traditionally, you bring a battalion of consultants from outside, and, and they are going to drive the transformation. And end of the day, uh, the the teams which is involved on your day-to-day work—they uh, are the one who need to feel and experience and do the transformation. So that's where the the Whatever the experiments which we need to do, the, the, the team has to do the experiment along with their you know, current um, uh, day job. Suppose I've got a backlog of work which I need to do. Maybe that is doing some business features or, or, or adding something or testing or whatever you are doing. I want uh, somebody to do along with that so you, you can give coaching you can give some, uh, you know, for example, some s- a skill supplement. You can do. You can you can give some training enhancement. All these things you can do. But end of the day, the people in the value stream need to do these experiments, not somebody from outside doing this. That's a that's a common mis common challenge which I've seen. You know, I don't want to disturb my current people. They are doing something. Or I'm I'm into business operations. Uh, I'm I'm doing these kind of activities. You know, I don't want to take any time out from my day job and let somebody come and do some transformation for me you know that's absolutely not what i'm talking i'm talking purely about the people in the value stream on the ground will do this experiment and that's a third key important thing and to do that you need to have a complete buy in from your leadership and management you know so if you have to move forward you need to go two steps backward so you may see some impact in the productivity you may see some dip in the productivity but that's all absolutely great it's it's for uh, your people, <clears throat> to it may take little time to ensure that the, how do they get on to these experiments, right? So, and then you keep keep retrospecting. You know, you you the experiments which you choose should be time bounded. You know, you don't want to take one year experiment. An experiment it should be short and small enough. It should be maybe you know next one month. Let us try not doing this that's also an experiment i always used to uh, you know do this uh, testing in this way you know let let us stop doing it what is the impact it's going to create let us understand so that is also an experiment so uh, on the ground experiments are the, the, the you know that, that step so once you do um, uh, the, uh, identifying your value stream identifying a minimum viable experiments the third and most important thing is the motivation to the people uh, so the motivation to the people and especially the motivation uh, is not just by paying additional bonus it's not about that the motivation i'm talking about is having a purpose you know it's very important for the leadership to define a purpose a vision right a purpose is very key, important thing and second important thing is giving autonomy giving space uh, you know giving space uh, for example uh, in one of those uh, uh, you know banks which uh, i'm i'm helping uh, to 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 get some of their digital journey right, so we do have an experiment called, you know, every week uh, half day uh, is absolutely for the team to decide what they want to work on. So if you know, so it means uh, you are getting half day to work on what it, it drives you most interesting. So you, you choose what you want to work on for the half day. You know? In fact, this experiment is uh, on the back of the experiment, which uh, one of the largest um, uh, you know, uh, uh, issue management uh, software company called Atlassian, which is based in Australia. They did that experiment. That's a social experiment they did. They gave one day off uh, for uh, their employees every week. Uh, not, not you can sit at home and go to movies. You are in office, but you do uh, what you want to do, but they have given a vision. Right? A vision is given. In that particular vision space, you can pair with whomever you want. You can do whatever the areas you want to work on, but the one day is for you. That's autonomy. Right? So purpose and autonomy. And of course, mastery. Uh, mastery is. Uh, I need to get more challenges. If I'm if I'm somebody who's uh, uh, doing something, I need to have more and more challenge. So that's the key. Uh, third, three important. Most of the most of the times, uh, we have seen our leadership try to do motivation by just giving an additional bonus. Yeah, that that is required you have to take uh, pay enough people so that the conversation of money is taken out. Uh, and but we have to focus on these three things. How do you give give autonomy? How do you give um, Enough challenge, and how do you give a purpose? A purpose is a very critical thing. That's what uh, I've seen sometimes most of our leaders don't know how to really define a purpose of this experiment, right? So, that those are the, the key elements of the journey. You know, to, uh, to, to just to summarize, uh, find your value stream, uh, identify the minimum viable experiments, put the motivated people in the value stream on the experiments, and uh, uh, give them autonomy and give them enough space. To do this particular experiment, and by showing the right kind of purpose as well as uh, you know giving enough enough mastery, challenge opportunity to them. so that's that's a typical journey uh, this any organization need to do in every value stream. and you have to repeat this, and so then it'll become a culture of the organization. and then you you will see your organization design is your bottleneck now. So how do you simplify your organization design? And then you will see, oh no, you have this um, you know huge documentation which is not adding value to anyone. That is uh, you know a challenge so these this is um these uh, this these are kind of practical aspects and insight on how you want to get into a journey like this
1: excellent and um and how does we've just got a couple of minutes left now and I just wondered um, how <clears throat> you know, how Holly Holland really helped their clients i'm, I'm imagining you're, you're hand holding them through this journey
2: and facilitating and that sort of thing but what what a, yes, yes you know that, absolutely and we we are you know we, if we look at um, uh, being a digital solution consulting company, uh, with a startup uh, mindset and ecosystem which we have, is 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 a completely um, the way in which we look at and solve the problem. For example, Hug Hub is something which has been built from the scratch by us. So it's a it's a, it's a digital platform uh, which is which is solving one of the critical problem of data issues in uh, large insurance uh, enterprises, where, uh, you know, for example, you have got a policy admin, uh, different policy admin system. You don't know a customer who is a customer who is having you know, A policy to an a B policy. So, so it's, it's all about issue about data. So how, how can data bring insight is, is a fundamental uh, core, core problem we are trying to solve. So the way we, we build that platform the way we looked at is all set sort of series of experiments like this. So uh, it's it's uh, it's not only about uh, doing a theoretical consulting. We got a practical insight on how we we help to build. A, a digital platforms which can transform a business is done. So, so that's that's where uh, we start in an organization with, you know, not with a theory. Think about, hey, here is a small experiment. Let's let's do this experiment, and and we ensure that your team does this experiment, not us, but we we come and help you. We influence you. We coach you. We show the art of possible. We show you uh, what what is uh, what is uh, the the success looks like for those kind of teams by by demonstrating it. So that's Excellent. how we get into this journey, yeah. Excellent. Well, I've got to come right to the end of the interview now. So, what, have you got a final
1: message you'd like to leave us with? Uh,
2: no, of course, you know. Uh, so we, we, uh, and as as I want to take uh, uh, Gary Hamel's uh, you know statement on this. You know, right now, uh, all us, all of us, our company has has got 21st century internet mobile uh, enabled business process, and we have mid 20th century management process. And, we, and and uh, and which is built on top of a 19th century management principle. So that's what Gary Hamill says. So but the it, it, thing is, we have to change and bring our management principle and management process to 21st century one. Excellent. i am going to stop you there. And that was absolutely brilliant. Really, really helpful. Thank you so
1: much for joining us today. If you'd like to find out more about um, Holly Holland and uh, how they can help you on your lean journey, go to holly, that's dot com. And on next week's show, I have Jeff Bamber. He's the founder and CEO of uh, an incredible business called DigMe Fitness. It's it's creating a real craze over here in the UK uh, and uh, involving sort of spinning and things. He's an eleven times Ironman competitor. We'll be talking about why staff fitness is just so important and the incredible story of DigMe. So do join us again next week. Once again, a huge thank you to Prasad to Holly Holland. And if you've got any questions, comments, feel free to send them to me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk or call it contact Holly Holland.